0: The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor? Doctor?
1: Doctor?
2: Doctor? 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 Doctor?
0: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000.
3: Hello again, everyone. I'm Steve Cashel. Welcome to another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls and sports medicine specialist, and orthopedic surgeon for Midwest Orthopedics at Rush and Rush University Medical Center. This week on the show, we're going to talk about uh, a form of cartilage transplant that's getting uh, a lot of attention. It is um, going to be prochondrix. This is uh, an interesting... Uh, Fresh cartilage allograph from LL Source. We're going to be joined by Dr. Vishal Metha from Fox Valley Orthopedic Institute. And we know that Dr. Cole uh, uses a uh, a similar procedure. And we'll talk a little bit about how medicine is changing and give us a little background on prochondrix from Dr. Vishal Metha. Also on the show this week, we're going to uh, do an Ask the Doc segment as I talk with Dr. Cole about shoulder pain. I'm uh, experiencing some pain in both my left and right shoulders, and Dr. Cole will kind of take me through a um, diagnosis and uh, possible treatment as we uh, do an Ask the Doc segment with the uh, sports medicine specialist and orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Brian Cole. And then we're going to talk a little bit about yoga, why you should try it. Alicia Malloy will join us from the Boston area. She is with ATI Physical Therapy. We'll talk about the health benefits of yoga and can everyone do yoga? Are there some that shouldn't or that it could be harmful for? And can yoga be performance enhancing for the athletes? So, some great topics this week. Stay with us. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. We're back to get it going after this on ESPN 1000.
4: Feeling tired, sluggish, and overweight? If you're looking to lose weight and gain energy, join us in Karen Mulkins' 14-Day Transformation Cleanse. You're going to absolutely love this Whole Foods Cleanse. You'll feel great, lose weight, build lean muscle, improve sleep, boost metabolism, and enhance athletic performance. This VIP done-for-you cleanse comes with a 14-day transformation wellness bag containing MCT Lean vegan protein blend, fat-burning MCT Lean MCT oil, snacks, superfoods, recipes, guidelines, videos, and other surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 14daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at com. That's K-A-R-E-N-M-A-L-K-I-N.com.
0: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000.
4: And we're back on
3: the Saturday morning. Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole, Sports Medicine Weekly. Net proceeds from our program, Sports Medicine Weekly. Go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the Live Active Now Dot org fund, Doctor Cole. Question for you: um, How difficult is it? What a challenge! What kind of challenge is it to uh, to get a new product uh, to market with the FDA and orthopedics? Steve, you know it's interesting. We haven't so we
5: have this area called biologics, which is sort of the use of cells and tissues um, and you know various agents to maybe improve the healing rate or to improve our outcomes after surgery and so forth. And we haven't in the area of say cartilage repair we haven't had a new biologic that had to go through the FDA approved since 1997. So it's extraordinarily difficult. So what it's done is there is a whole uh, litany of options to treat cartilage problems that fortunately don't have to go through the FDA. that are very safe, and these are sort of human tissues. That's why we've talked a lot about some of these options that, that have worked on worked in our patients who have cartilage problems. We had them on the show. Uh, We know, know we've partnered with Allosaurus, who provides tissue for us. And those are options using allograft tissue. It's a category called minimally invasive tissue, or minimally manipulated tissue, excuse me. And the concept basically is that it's just like any other organ transplant, heart, liver, lungs, but you can take cartilage and transplant that. So the FDA basically looks over good tissue practices and things like that, but doesn't require formal clinical trials, which are you know, 8 to 10 years, 30 to $50 million to get through for what is otherwise actually a relatively small market. So no companies actually, or very few companies actually going there. So good news is we have great options. Bad news is when it comes to some of the innovation, we have real challenges because of the FDA.
3: Well, one form of a cartilage transplant is called uh, Prochondrix. And some of you may recall Dr. Vishal Mehta, an orthopedic surgeon who was on this uh, program last year, sharing his experience with Prochondrix, a fresh cartilage allograft from Ellisource. And Dr. Metha is uh, back with us one year later to talk about the results he has seen with the product and how his patients are doing. Dr. Mehta is a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon specializing in sports medicine from Fox Valley Orthopedic Institute. Dr. Metha, thanks so much for, for joining us. So um, let's ask you, give us, first of all, a little background
6: on Prochondrix. Sure. Thank, thanks, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So, To to put this in context, uh, as sports medicine surgeons, we often see patients who have a defect to their articular cartilage. So, the joints have a smooth lining over them called articular cartilage, and you can knock off a piece of that, or you can have disease processes which affect that. So, let's say we have a young patient who has uh, knee pain, and they're missing a quarter-sized area of their articular cartilage. We need effective ways to treat that, and that's what uh, Prochondrix is, is trying to do. And essentially what it is is a cartilage graft. So it comes from a donor, and it's a sheet of cells um, that is then laser etched, and it contains three things that we think are, are important to uh, restoring and regenerating cartilage, and that is that it actually has viable chondrocytes, the actual cartilage cells themselves. It has the matrix, the this 3D structure that we think is important to Uh, restoring cartilage and then it has growth factors which um, promote uh, chondrogenesis, basically promotes uh, the the cartilage cells from coming to that area and hopefully creating cartilage.
5: You know, Steve, it's an interesting uh, concept because intuitively it's a little like a hair transplant. Let's say you had a a bald spot on your head and you say, okay, I'm going to take some hair from one part of my head and move it over to another spot and hope that it adheres and grows. Intuitively we never thought this would work where you can just take sheets of cartilage from a donor with no bone, just take a thin sheet, cut it off sort of like the frosting on a, uh, you know, vanilla frosting on a cake, mm-hmm. and then reapply it to an area where it's missing. And uh, amazingly, the uh, the animal literature has actually been quite supportive of this type of technology where we use donor cartilage without the bone.
3: Wow. So how long um, for both of you doctors have you been using uh, Prochondrix?
5: Uh, Dr. Matt has a, a, a greater experience than I do uh, with this particular type of graft. We use other grafts which are quite similar. So I'm just sort of getting my feet wet here, but I I'd, I'd defer to him on this one because I know he has a, a dearth of experience with it.
6: So, so uh, as uh, Dr. Cole was explaining, you know, the, the standard that's been around for decades and decades is transplanting cartilage that has a little bone block on it, what we call an osteochondral allograft. Um, this is different than that, and uh, this particular procedure I uh, have been doing for about a year and a half. It was actually a little bit longer than that. December 2014 um, were my first cases, so coming up on uh, uh, between a year and a half and two years. Wow, not a long time then. Not a long time, and uh, that's, that's important. Um, so far, we've been following the results, and we have a uh, year and year and a half data, but we don't have quite two-year data. Um, the data so far is promising, but we've learned in the cartilage world that you do have some procedures that have early promising results, and then the the, the results fall off. So while I'm optimistic about the early results, um, and, and certainly it's promising, uh, we're keeping a close eye on the mid- to long-term results to make sure that those that those results do hold true.
5: So what what's your sense, and have you had any sort of uh, catastrophic failures, you know, where that's the biggest concern that I have with these graphs is that unlike when we use particular cartilage small pieces, or we use cells, if this graft delaminates, we're done. So, uh, meaning if it doesn't get attached. Have you had any
6: issues with that, and is it what's your gestalt on your results overall? Sure. So, when I first started implanting these, I did them all with some additional fixation. So, typically, um, we, we poke little holes in the base of the lesion, and then drop this uh, prochondrix graft into the lesion, and then use a fibrin glue. Um, which which gives it some adherence but is uh, certainly not a a very firm type of adhesion to the base. When I first started doing this, I was worried about just exactly what you're pointing out, and I did use anchors and suture um, and other methods to try to hold the lesion to the base. Now when I operate on um, uh, lesions that have uh, good stability around it, good what we would call vertical shoulders, I'm comfortable doing it without any anchors. Um, I have not had a single... With, With glue. With just glue, correct. correct. Mm-hmm. I have not had a single reoperation operation yet.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, I have re-MRI'd every patient and have n- had not had evidence yet of a uh, loose graft. Um, I, uh, y- y- I, d- I do think that there's certainly the possibility of that happening at some point in the future. Hopefully not. Hopefully uh, my ability to pick out the ones that require accessory fixation and the ones that don't um, is reasonable. But, um, but you're right. That's certainly a concern. Uh, but I have not yet seen it in the results.
3: Our guest is Dr. Vishal Mehta. He is an orthopedic surgeon from Fox Valley Orthopedic Institute. Advances in cartilage restoration, Prochondrix is the topic we're discussing. I'm Steve Kasher with Dr. Brian Cole.
6: So uh, kind of a simple question. How are the patients doing? Patients are doing well. We have a number of patients that are past the one-year mark. Um, certainly, you know, this is not a what we call a randomized control trial. I, I have not taken this group and compared it to another standard cartilage procedure. This is really just a case series. So I have taken all the patients that I've done this on. Um, I have gotten uh, what we consider um, validated outcome scores. So there's certain measures that we use to determine how patients are functioning in general. And we've looked at those before the surgery and after the surgery, and um, the the results have been good to the one year mark. And uh, as I mentioned, hoping that they will maintain that way out further along. But so far, we have what we look for is what we call statistically significant improvement in in those results, and we have seen that across uh, most of the results so far. So uh, so far, very encouraging. What do you think uh, the the
5: the most common location that you're seeing this is uh, in your in your knee patients?
6: You know, so uh, the, the most common areas where I see articular cartilage lesions that need to be treated are on the end of the femur, so the end of the thigh bone. Um, in my practice, a lot of those have bony involvement. So when the bone is involved, I still use a different procedure. I use an osteochondral allograft. Um, this is is uh, it, it. In my opinion, is best used to treat what we call surface lesions. So where the cartilage is missing, but the bone underneath it is intact. Certainly, in the past, we have taken some treatments for surface lesions and used them um, with uh, with with for bone defects, but I have not gone there yet. So, in my hands, it's still at the end of the femur, and um, a, a lot of those though are being treated with osteochondral allografts.
5: Great. So we're we're almost out of time. Just t- give me your thoughts on what's uh, exciting uh, downstream. Anything interesting that you're working on these days uh,
6: outside of prochondrics? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that are, that are um, exciting, uh, Brian, you know, and I think you and I have a lot of interest in a few of these different things. So, for example, I'm interested in, in uh, the role of platelet-rich plasma in, in some of these treatments and other biologics. I'm interested in um, the potential use of uh, stem cell therapy in different areas and how that will also play into the cartilage world. So I think it's an interesting time to practice medicine. There are, um, you know, there's sure a, lot of, a lot of promising technology out there. Um, and uh, you know with that comes the responsibility of figuring out what works and what doesn't and, and what's safe and yeah, so absolutely. i'm interested to see how that develops over the next uh, decade or two yeah as are we
3: all right gentlemen thanks so much in studio with us dr vishal metha from fox valley orthopedic institute north peak surgeon doc thanks so much for uh, being with us here on sports medicine weekly pleasure to be here thank you and dr cole and i return after these messages i've
2: been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance and scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget.
0: To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com
2: Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend war Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, or even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality state-of-the-art healthcare services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis, methods, and treatments make them the highest ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News and World Report Rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD Bones, Midwest Orthopedics. At Rush, when only the best will do. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Sports Medicine Weekly. That proceeds from our program, Sports Medicine Weekly. Go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Time for an Ask the Doc segment. And Dr. Cole, I'm going to ask you about my own personal pain these days, and it's in both shoulders. Okay. All right,
5: Steve, I'm in. I'm not behind in the office.
3: I have no stress. I'll sit and talk to you all morning. And we should probably be in your office. You could give me an MRI, but we've talked about that on the show. Just don't rush to the MRI, no, right? No, but let's just... discuss this radio-wise since uh, we're not in a doctor's office but rather in a radio studio here at ESPN 1000. So I've just got this these, this pain-like well, I wish we could see it on TV right we'll de- here. Well, but, uh, <laughs> we'll describe it. I, I can describe it for you.
5: I, let me guess. It goes over the top of your deltoid, over the top of your shoulder, slightly down the arm. Is that true? Slightly
3: down the arm, Yeah, yep, yep. And is it both shoulders? Both shoulders. And when did it start? I want to say a month, month and a half ago. And are you doing anything different activity-wise? Uh, it's hard to throw a football and a baseball like I used to. Do you associate the onset with anything you've been doing? Um, I, I was thinking weightlifting. Did okay. I overdo it doing a shoulder it, exercise? And
5: do they both uh, hurt equally? Yes. And is it worse with over worse with overhead activities? Can yes. You bring your arms over your head. So if you try to do lat pull downs pull. and things overhead or pull ups, does it bother you?
3: Yes. You know what? Worse is when I'm in the shower trying to reach, reach across back okay. and and you know how do ba- the how opposite you, shoulder.
5: How about if you reach up behind your back, try to go up and no, up the other way down? Go down,
3: around, up behind Ouch, your back. that hurts a little bit right here on the left one now yeah. that hurts. Yep, okay. yep. So All I'll, right. here's my problem. I'm trying, to, I, I'm trying to maintain some weightlifting, you know. Yeah. And I can do biceps okay. I think I can do chest and triceps, but I'm scared to do shoulders. Right. And, again, throwing the football with my sons or the baseball, I'm like, are you kidding me? This hurts. All
5: right, so you and I are about the same age, uh, I'll just say late 40s, early 50s. Mid-50s. Okay, Yeah, close. And uh, the likelihood of you having a spontaneous rotator cuff tear in both shoulders is Probably close to zero. Good. Okay? That's good to hear. So it's not a rotator cuff tear. Similarly, this is not the way labral tears show up either. The most common diagnosis with what you're describing, so, you know, look, I asked you the onset, the nature of the symptoms, what makes it worse, um, and what it's associated with is is the most common diagnosis is rotator cuff tendinitis. The other name for it is impingement syndrome. Okay. Um, and the cause is um, what we say multifactorial, right? Uh, it's probably the most common cause of shoulder pain. The thing that is most likely to be associated with is a little bit of weakness in your shoulder blade. Believe it or not, so if your shoulder blade is weak and you elevate your arm up, the shoulder blade moves abnormally relative to the chest wall and can actually impinge on the rotator cuff. So this is something that is generally very easy to, to correct without uh, anything uh, significant. The first thing is you your big concern is you want to keep lifting and you're afraid you're going to make it worse. Is that correct? Yes. All right, so the answer is no, that's not likely. You may have symptoms, but you're not going to cause a tear that you otherwise wouldn't have, or you're not going to make this condition worse. You're saying I could do
3: some shoulder, over-the-shoulder, yeah. military presses You can and do whatever, whatever you, want, okay. you want to do,
5: So, but how would I make you better? Um, I would not get an MRI. I probably, in this case, wouldn't even get an X-ray, given the bilateral nature, the both sides of the shoulder. I would possibly, if the pain was bad enough, give you a cortisone injection, which would knock it out completely, I bet, and give you a recommendation for some physical therapy uh, for a couple of weeks but the reality is if you went to a good therapist they could teach you what to do and you could be doing that on your own as part of your workout and within four weeks you'd be completely better. That's wow. my prediction.
3: After a cortisone shot can you do physical activity yes. up to how long?
5: Yeah, so the, the risk of going back too quickly within 24 hours for example is that you get something called a steroid flare. In other words, the shoulder gets really, really uncomfortable. Uh, but ice, uh, some anti-inflammatories, and that usually quiets down. But I just tell people, look, wait 24 hours before you go back to some high-level repetitive activity uh, if you're diagnosed with a cuff tendinitis and you get an injection for it. But that's almost always curative, even sometimes without therapy.
3: Wow. And then the uh, cortisone basically kills the pain, right? It's not
5: just a pain reliever. It's a very strong anti-inflammatory. It actually nice. works in a chemical fashion to eliminate the... Uh, the pain the pain cycle that goes on that is largely due to several proteins that, that, that sort of float around above the rotator cuff, and it kind of inhibits that inflammatory pathway. So That's good to hear because really I'm effective. always thinking
3: that it just masks the pain. No, 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 it's but not, so not. When I hear anti-inflammatory, I'm thinking it's helping the... It's, it's, a,
5: it's a good thing in our, in our experience in this instance. We wouldn't repeat it. We would just do one, and I would tell you that uh, that combined with a little bit of exercise will likely uh, make it well.
3: Excellent diagnosis. You make me feel so much better. Seriously, and because yeah, I was going to talk about this yeah. off the air with you, no, let's save but, time. Let's uh, do it now on the air. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think you know people have gone through this uh, like me, and you know have these symptoms. So it's great to it's, hear you know, from an expert. Yeah, what I it mean is. the most
5: concerning. You know, this just goes back to the basics. the most concerning aspect is you can't stay active. You're going to make it worse. Is it going to go? Are you gonna, is it going to go away? And how long is it going to last for? And you know you and, 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 and am I going to do? I have to have surgery. So uh, none of those things it should be short lived. So get to work, and if you need a cortisone injection, come out of my office on Monday.
3: I will. Thank you so much, Dr. Brian Cole. I'm Steve Cashel, back with more of Sports Medicine Weekly after this on ESPN
5: Radio. Returning patients who suffer from cartilage
2: defects to an active lifestyle is the goal. Prochondrix, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective fresh cartilage allograft designed to restore cartilage and restore life. To learn more about Prochondrix or allografts, visit Prochondrix.org. That's P R O C H O N D R I X dot org. You're
0: listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000.
3: Back here on this Saturday morning, Sports Medicine Weekly. Our producer, George Katserillos. Our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Cole, uh, have you ever done yoga? I have.
5: I have. I've, I've only hot done yoga? Uh, mostly hot yoga. So I've what done, is hot well, yoga? Well, I've done. So I guess it's Bikram yoga, right? Uh, and there's probably there. I'm not. sure, You know, Puris will probably name it different things. And the stuff that I've done is in a room that's essentially a hundred degrees or more. I think. And you like maybe, that? I do. Um, in, incredible flexibility. I feel like I get. A, I mean, yoga in general. I feel like I get a, a great workout. And for me, it's it's awesome cross training for things that I do every single day. It's a Terrific alternative, and I just it's it's completely additive to all the other things I do. I don't do it regularly because just I haven't been able to make you know the classes. I haven't prioritized it, but I never regret it when I do it and and when I've done it. So, uh, big fan, and in fact, a lot of our uh, Bulls players uh, started doing it as well in the off season. So, from a core perspective and an alternative and low impact, um, I would say it's one of the better things that 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 we can do. And there's a lot of different types and. You know, something hopefully we'll get into very shortly. With it's our good next to guest.
3: sweat during a workout, isn't it? I, well, I, I never, I never you, sweat yeah. enough during a workout. That's why I think of a room at 100 degrees um, doing something like that. You know, it's good well, for the for, body, right? For hot
5: yoga, you got to be prepared to be wearing uncomfortable with yourself, wearing almost nothing. So you, it starts. it starts with that prerequisite. Are you there with that?
3: I guess. Yeah, as well yeah. in the room. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't you
5: have to, When you go, you just make sure when you come with me, you wear your speedo. Okay. Oh, nice. That's what all the men wear. So really? just, just want to make sure you remember that. That's all you
3: really. They need still to bring. sell those. I'm not sure in the U.S. I, I don't think know. just in Europe. Right. Bad visual. <laughs> well, let's bring on an expert on yoga from ATI Physical Therapy. Alicia Malloy joins us uh, from the Boston area. ATI expanding out there great great job from ati physical therapy and we're talking about yoga and why you should try it alicia thanks for joining us uh thanks for having me alicia's alicia is a physical therapist and uh, received her master's degree in physical therapy at northeastern university and uh, training at multiple locations of sports and orthopedics clinics and 500 hour training fluid yoga what is fluid yoga i'll start with that alicia so
1: there's a as the doctor was saying there's a bunch of different types of yoga so Fluid yoga is essentially um, this really great type that essentially just keeps in mind the principles of aligning the body, um, and it really wraps in the uh, principles and philosophies of mind training. So it really wraps in all the different aspects of yoga. When we're talking about the physical practice of yoga, that's just one section of yoga. And when we're talking about Bikram yoga, it's sort of wrapping in all sorts of different aspects Um But yeah, so essentially it's a vinyasa-based practice.
5: So what, what, like if you had to put in buckets, so that, I can only name two types of yoga, Bikram and vinyasa, is there like 20 different other types? At least. Yeah, so what, in the United States, what are the sort of the most common that that people do? The
1: most common, I'd say, is vinyasa. So that's the movement with breath, and that's like the down dogs, the warriors that you see, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The tree pose. Um, And then Bikram is definitely a a close runner-up, so that's just... 26 poses, and they do the same poses um, uh, every single practice. I was actually just teaching anatomy for a, a, a Bikram training, so I'm very familiar with Bikram and now.
3: And Bikram, mean, does Bikram mean hot, though? Is that where hot yoga is, only with Bikram? Or is that uh, Bikram's a type of yoga usually done in a, uh, a room that's up to 100 degrees?
1: In a hot room, yeah. There's been a little bit of a fusion of the yogas over the years, but essentially Bikram yoga means that it's these certain 26 poses, and the room is actually over 100 degrees. There's a mirror, so you're very much focusing on exactly what your body is doing. So it's really great for that sort of training your body and really seeing any, any imbalances. But, yeah, Bikram really, it's really specific when you're talking about Bikram yoga. You're not going to get a downward dog. You're not really going to get a lot of variance which you know, is one, definitely what you get with vinyasa, a lot
5: of variance. One of the things I get asked by my patients a lot is when I can get back to yoga, and I generally feel pretty comfortable letting them, after, say, upper extremity surgery, shoulder problems, and knee problems, letting them go back relatively early because they can sort of pick and choose what they can do. But there's generally something they can do without uh, aggravating or, or torturing or either a recently operated on joint or something that's you know in the, along the phases of recovery. Is there, And the flip side, I'm just curious, is there... Is there Is there a population you think that shouldn't do yoga?
1: Um, Well, I mean, as far as upper extremity injuries, I send them right to Bikram for sure because there's far less weight-bearing on the upper body, so it's great for that because Mm -hmm. there are so many different varieties. But no, there's definitely a type of yoga that applies to everyone because yoga essentially is so malleable and really can be designed for the individual. Um, but people that have a lot of hypermobility, meaning a lot of range of motion in their joints and they're super flexible without even really trying, they're the people that are more likely to get, going to get hurt because they go a little too deep too soon. Well, what not a, yeah. get hurt, I mean,
5: what about, soon. you know, the flip side with like Bikram is, you know, with the heat, the nature of it, generally speaking, you sort of increase the, your excursion, how much you're, you know, how much you can, how flexible you can be during that session. Right. What about <laughs> the person who's not that flexible? Do you find it as is an issue? you know, who's doing things they've never really done before?
1: Well, when they're working with their flexibility, the heat definitely helps. Yeah. But the heat also gives you this false sense yeah. of flexibility where they don't actually necessarily have the strength to back up all of that flexibility. And that's generally where people get hurt, especially with the hot yoga, because so, they're giving this uh, openness to their muscles. Of they're actually really not used to controlling.
5: So suffice to you say, you're a vinyasa expert. That's that's your gig. Is that fair to say?
1: Um, I guess you could say that, but I definitely study a lot of different types of yoga.
5: And how does it fit into ATI physical therapy?
1: Well, these days with physical therapy, um, it's quite a bit of a fusion for me. So I do a fusion of teaching people their different exercises, but really weaving in a lot of different yoga poses, breathing techniques, and meditation. So it's kind of yoga. When they come in to see me, they're They're getting exactly the the, uh, clinically-based things that they need to get, evidence-based practice, but then also weaving in these awesome other tools that they they really like. They really take to pretty well.
3: Fantastic. Alicia, thanks so much for joining us on uh, Sports Medicine Weekly, the ATI website atipt.com, and thanks for uh, sharing your expertise on yoga.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
3: Alicia Malloy, ATI Physical Therapy. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Back with more of Sports Medicine Weekly after this.
5: And ESPN Radio.
4: We're excited to announce our new Sports
3: Medicine Weekly custom podcast app on iTunes. It's all free. Just go to the App Store, search for Sports Medicine Weekly. Our app gives listeners easy access to their favorite Sports Medicine Weekly shows without getting lost in confusing screens and pop-up ads. The team at Sports Medicine Weekly is dedicated to delivering content to our listeners on the latest in fitness, nutrition, injury prevention, and treatment. Optimize your performance with the Sports Medicine Weekly app. As always, we thank our loyal listening and social media followers. The best athletes in the world
2: and their medical teams have been trusting Don Joy products for over 30 years. With a goal to protect and return confidence in sport post-injury, DonJoy is the trusted leader to get and keep athletes in action. Whether it's football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, or even the official medical supplier to the U.S. ski team, always trust the global leader in sports medicine.
3: Trust DonJoy, a product of djoglobal.com. At Athletico Physical Therapy, we know there is freedom from pain and you can get back to doing the things you love. Whether it's running an 8K, playing a game of tag in the yard, or walking safely to your car pain should not slow you down with locations throughout eight states that offer complimentary injury screens your choice to go with our team is the smart choice visit athletico.com to request your complimentary injury screening and start feeling better with us today athletico better for everybody
0: you're listening to sports medicine
3: weekly with steve cashel and dr brian cole on espn 1000 Sports Medicine Weekly has been brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy, by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, by Karen Malkin Health Counseling, by Integrated Orthopedics, by L Source, by DonJoy Orthopedics, by Midwest, and by ATI Physical Therapy. Many thanks to our producer and board operator, George Katsarilos. Our coordinating producer is Teresa Ann Seeger. We also want to thank David Cole for managing the website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000. The
0: preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPM1000.